Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hey there, Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 165 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Wonderful to have you here with us on the podcast today. If you're one of our brand new listeners, welcome. Great to have you here. And to our regular returning listeners, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. Now, if you've read the title of today's podcast episode, you may be somewhat curious why we are tackling this topic in May of 2023. But I guess I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, do you close your business down over the Christmas and New Year period and have your staff take leave over that time? I think most of us do. In fact, I think it's actually more and more and more common. I remember back in early, early in my career, the Christmas close down period was much less of a thing, even in office-based corporate roles where now it's really common, it was almost sort of a 50-50 split um, some 20 years ago. But these days, everyone's all about a Christmas close-down period, even if it is just for that period between Christmas and New Year. And with the exception, of course, of a few industries where it's their busiest time of year, I'm willing to bet most of you do close down over that period. And my other question is, are you like me and feel like time is absolutely zipping along this year? I can't quite believe we are halfway through quarter two of the year. And so although Christmas does feel like a long way off, it's going to be upon us almost before we know it. And that's why I wanted to chat to you today about why you need to start planning now for this year's Christmas break. You see, you may have noticed that we seem to be in the midst of an absolute avalanche of changes coming down the pipeline from the Fair Work Commission, the federal government, all the legislative bodies when it comes to industrial relations in Australia. And there's been a change that's recently become law that may have quietly slipped under the radar and was pretty easy to miss that I wanted to chat to you about today. So today we're going to cover what we already know about the rules around closing down our businesses at Christmas. I want to let you know about the changes that have just come into effect. And I want to encourage you to think differently this year about your Christmas close down period. I want to share with you why that's really important and some considerations that I think I would be making when it came to my team this year. So I know it feels like Christmas is a long way away, but bear with me because I think you're actually going to find this really valuable in terms of your forward planning as you head into the second half of the year. And it is going to change what you need to do when it comes to your team. So it is something you do really, really need to be across. So when it comes to closing down our businesses at Christmas, what do we already do now? What do we know to be the case and what might we have been missing that is in fact law? The reality is Lots of businesses, in fact, I would say the majority of businesses do have some form of a Christmas close down period. And for good reason, they are really effective strategies to creating some whole team downtime. Now, if you're the business owner, you will know 
that really, unless your business is closed, you're on. (laughs) You may get a call. You may need to sort something out. You may get an email. Um, So for you to have downtime, the only real way for that to happen is to close down the business for a period of time. And that is the number one reason I would suggest most business owners do enact a Christmas close down period so they can get a true break. It's actually also the time that a lot of business owners I know do all of their planning. In fact, in my HR consultancy practice, we are known to be particularly busy (laughs) over the Christmas New Year period because we will often get calls saying, now that the business is closed for a couple of weeks, I'd like to do a whole raft of HR policies or something really random like that quite often happens over the Christmas period. So they are effective times to create downtime. And in some industries, and I'm looking at you, trades and building and construction, it's been particularly common in your industry since you know, certainly I can recall. And I think in Australia, and this is largely um, something that is more specific to us than let's say our neighbours in America, for example, who don't take such a break over Christmas. We really use this time. It's become a bit of a workplace norm for us to take a decent break over the Christmas New Year period. Now, of course, there are some exceptions to this. Tourism, hospitality, retail, These industries enjoy their busiest time of year when we're all Boxing Day sales shopping, when we're traveling. I took my family on a holiday over the New Year period last year and they certainly make some money off us over that time of year. So tourism, hospitality, retail, those sort of industries are enjoying their busiest time of year. And of course, thankfully, our essential services, our medical and healthcare systems run straight through. So those industries are unaffected. But for everyone else, it's pretty common as an Australian workplace norm that we do take a break. And ever since the Fair Work Act came into effect in 2009, there has always been rules about what we could and could do when it comes to our staff over this period, even if you didn't know that until right now. There's always been rules. And I know most businesses were simply unaware that we already had rules in place. In fact, every modern award has already had rules in place. Generally, The rules that have been in place up until now have dealt with how much notice you need to provide employees around your shutdown period. And some awards definitely have already had restrictions around what to do if someone doesn't have enough accrued annual leave, how much time we can shut down for, what are the parameters around shutdown time. So some awards have already been very prescriptive around this, but for many businesses, they just haven't realized that because... Well, let's face it, reading through a modern award is not like reading. It's not fun reading. Most of us don't read it unless we have to. So it's just a matter of we didn't know what we didn't know. And I guess a lot of the landscape is changing in that effect in that this avalanche of changes we're seeing come through. One of the key hallmarks really is that ignorance is not going to be a defence for any breaches to these rules. So the fact that you didn't realise is not going to fly anymore when it comes to the Fair Work Commission who have extended powers to deal with um, non-compliance issues. So it is our obligation as employers to really be across the changing landscape. So when it comes to closing down our businesses over Christmas, what's actually changing? Here's the thing. I feel like this change went really under the radar. In fact, it went even if I'm really honest, almost went under the radar for me. There's no public discussion about it. It's not a newsworthy story. 
the Fair Work Commission definitely did not make a big deal about it, yet this is in place now. So from the 1st of May 2023, more than 70 modern awards, more than 70. Now, that is well over half of all of the modern awards. I think we've got about 120-something modern awards in total. More than 70 have had changes made to the rules relating to directing employees to take annual leave during a shutdown period. Now, today I'm focusing on the Christmas New Year shutdown period because that is the most common one that we all understand and we tend to use. But it by, by no means is that the only reason you might have a shutdown period in your business. So a shutdown period is where you have a temporary shutdown in your business um, for some reason. It could be you need to shut down for five days to do an urgent, maybe a renovation or an upgrade of a kitchen area. Um, anything where you have to shut down your operations temporarily could enact a shutdown period, which is totally allowed under the legislation. But the most common one we think of is Christmas and New Year. It's very commonly accessed, this shutdown period. So what's changing is there's new rules in more than 70 modern awards about what we can do about directing employees to take annual leave during one of these shutdown periods. Now, the good news is you are still able to direct employees to take their accrued paid annual leave entitlements during a shutdown period, provided you provide the appropriate notice as per your award. I'm going to get into that in a moment. And that the instruction or the direction is reasonable. I love that word reasonable. Fair work really love that word reasonable. Unfortunately, there's no definition for reasonable, which makes it very challenging as an employer to navigate. But I'm going to get into what I think are some considerations around what is reasonable in a moment. What's changing though is with these 70 plus modern awards that have these changes, an employer can no longer direct an employee to take leave without pay if they don't have enough annual leave accrued. So currently, what almost every business that I deal with does, and I've written in employment contracts, I recommend it, is if an employee does not have enough paid annual leave accrued for the Christmas shutdown period or for any shutdown period, that they need to take leave without pay. Now, there are very few modern awards that already had an exception to this, but very few. Now, for these 70 plus modern awards, that's going to be a blanket approach. You will no longer be able to direct an employee to take leave without pay where they don't have enough annual leave accrued. What you have to do instead is come up with something by mutual agreement where the employee may either accrue time in lieu and use that, take annual leave in advance, never my favorite option, or take leave without pay. But you cannot force the leave without pay. It must be by mutual agreement. And that is the big change in this legislation. So with that in mind, what do you need to do differently this year? And what are some considerations you might want to be thinking about? The first thing I recommend is get across your award, especially around the notice period you're going to need to give around your Christmas shutdown period. So I get it, reading modern awards is not fun, but I highly recommend you either read your modern award to get across this or seek professional help to get your award interpreted for you because it's really tricky. So the awards all have different notice periods just to make it super fun for us. (laughs) What we do know is the notice period will be at least 28 days for all of these 70 plus awards. That's going to be the minimum. 
Now, that doesn't sound like long, but if you want to shut down your business at the tw- on the 20th of December for a close down over Christmas, you need to be telling your staff in November. And quite often, we're not thinking that far ahead. Now, 28 days is the minimum. Other awards have much longer notice periods. The Building and Construction General On-Site Award, for example, has a minimum of a two-month notice period in that particular award, which means you've got to tell your staff in October about the exact details of the shutdown period. And if you have staff who do not have enough paid annual leave accrued, then you're going to have to start to negotiate about what's going to happen from that point on. So I get it. It's only May at the time this this episode is is being recorded. However, when you've got to be making decisions and giving um, indication to staff in October, there's a lot to consider between now and then. So you really want to get on top of this and have this plan in place because, as I said, fair work is not okay with ignorance being a defence for not getting it right, particularly anymore with these new changes. Now, I spoke earlier about the fact that you still can direct employees to take their accrued paid annual leave, provided that A, you've done the notice part, which is what we just discussed, and B, that the direction is reasonable. So what does that mean? Like I said, there's no definition for reasonable. So what sort of things might we be considering in looking at whether the direction is reasonable? Now, here is my opinion. This is purely a personal opinion based on my experience and what I've seen in the law, in fair work, in what's held up in court cases. The first thing is I think the length of the shutdown period is something that will be considered as to what's reasonable. I don't think there's any chance you're going to be able to enforce a six-week shutdown period and make your employees take annual leave. I think that would be unreasonable in terms of the purpose of annual leave is for employees to be able to access that at a time that they want to access that. If you're putting in place a lengthy shutdown period, you're preventing your employees from taking leave at other times. So I I think the length of the shutdown will be something of consideration as to what's reasonable. I think the industry norm and your organization's norm will certainly come into a factor of what might be reasonable. If you have always, for the last 10 years, shut down for two weeks over Christmas, I don't think it's unreasonable that you would continue to shut down for two weeks over Christmas. So what's historically happened might play into it as well. And I think the other key thing will be the percentage of annual leave entitlement that you are directing an employee to take. This sort of talks back to the length of the shutdown period. So if you're directing employees to take 100% of their annual leave accrual every year at the same time, that may not be considered reasonable because you're preventing employees from accessing their leave at other times through the year. And not everyone wants to travel at Christmas because it's expensive. (laughs) If you want to go on a European vacation, you don't necessarily, unless you really love the cold, want to go in December and January. You might have a family event like a wedding overseas coming up in August. You're going to want to access annual leave then. So if you're enforcing that your employees have to take a large percentage or the entire percentage of their annual leave entitlement over the shutdown period, I would suggest that that may be unreasonable. So that's the kind of thing we're considering when we're talking about what's reasonable. So what do you want to be thinking about this year? I really think you want to think about, is this an opportunity for change? Just because we've always done things a certain way, what about if we did things differently? Could this actually be an opportunity for business, an opportunity in disguise almost? Recently, I was chatting to one of our people-powered HR members about this very issue, 
and she's been right on the front foot of this. And they are a family-owned business. There are many family members working in this business, but it's not only family. And so they've often, well, they've always shut down because that's the only opportunity to take a family holiday together. But they are now thinking, well, we could continue to operate whilst we're on a holiday because they've got enough team members now and we could shut down for a short period of time and the rest of the team could come back and continue working without us. They've got enough team for that to happen. That means they've got cash flow coming through at a time that they ordinarily wouldn't. So reframing your thinking around this closed down period may actually be an opportunity in disguise and maybe it's time to rethink what you've always done. Some other considerations, if this was my business that I would be thinking about, is I would be looking closely at leave requests I get from this point on. Because if I get a leave request which is going to have someone exhaust all of their annual leave entitlement ahead of a Christmas close-down period, and I'm left in a situation where I might have to grant them leave without pay, uh, sorry, leave in advance because they didn't agree to leave without pay, I wouldn't love that. Because I don't love leaving advance as a business owner. I think it's risky because it can leave you out of pocket very easily. So I think businesses should be looking at managing leave requests ahead of time and really considering where that puts you. I think a lot of businesses are going to think very carefully about hiring decisions during Q3 and Q4 of the 2023 calendar year. Because if I hire someone in November, they're not going to have enough annual leave accrued. So how am I going to navigate that? And I'm not saying you shouldn't hire at all. But I am saying you want to navigate that ahead of time because if you have an employee that's unwilling to take leave without pay, then you could be out of pocket and that's always dangerous. So you're going to want to be thinking about that. Now, you cannot give people an ultimatum to say, the only way I'm hiring you is if you agree to leave without pay. That will not be looked on favorably. But you can absolutely come to a mutual agreement and say, look, We have a close down period. It's not financially viable for us to offer you a job and give you leave in advance. But if you're happy to take leave without pay during that period, we'd love to offer you a job. That would be fine, but you wouldn't be able to give them an ultimatum. So just thinking very much forward. And that's why I wanted to have this discussion now in May, because the decisions you make from June, July onwards may very well impact where you stand at Christmas with regards to leave accruals and leave entitlements. But do you know what I think the biggest thing is? your relationship with your team. If your team trusts you, if you have a great relationship with your team, then your opportunity to go to them to discuss leave without pay as a potential for them to mutually agree that that is the best decision for the business and to understand that that is appropriate, you've got a far higher chance of that happening by mutual agreement than you do if you've got a team that doesn't trust you, that isn't looking out for you, and that is constantly looking for the best for themselves. So really nurturing that relationship you've got with your people is probably your biggest asset right now so that you can come to solutions that are a win-win for everyone under the circumstances. So it's interesting times, isn't it, when it comes to the changes that we're experiencing. There's a lot of them. They are coming at us from every angle. They are going to be continuing. This is only the beginning, as they say. So there are already rules in place around Christmas close downs, whether you realized it or not. We have seen some new changes to more than 70 modern awards, effective the 1st of May, 2023. And as an employer, I encourage you to start really thinking ahead about this, because whilst everything is possible by mutual agreement, 
your ability to unilaterally direct an employee to take leave without pay is off the table. So we can no longer rely on that as part of our shutdown period. I hope you found that discussion helpful, if not slightly startling, to be talking about Christmas in May already. But as always, planning is our best friend when it comes to our businesses and our team. And so why not start now when it comes to our close down periods? Now, if you'd like to continue this discussion or ask any questions about this, I would love for you to join us over in our free Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. If you just head over to Facebook groups and search HR Support Australia, you'll find us. But as always, the link is in today's show notes, which is available wherever you're catching this episode. That's a wrap for me for today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'll chat to you again next week on the People Powered Business Podcast.